from Los Angeles, California. This is the Rider Strike Chronicles podcast, and I'm Tanya Barnes. Hello, everybody. Today is Tuesday, January 15th, 2008, day 72 of the Rider Strike. In today's episode, we talk to Jay Kogan at the picket line in front of NBC Studios. Now, today is the final episode in a three-part series with Bill Funt as my co-host. Be sure to collect all three episodes by going to my website, strikechronicles.com, and clicking on the audio player for episodes number 66, which is this one, number 65, and number 64. Then, let me know what you think of Bill as a guest host by casting your vote on the poll. Remember, it's up to you whether Bill gets to stay or if Bill's gotta go. You can also call in and give Bill a shout-out that will be used in the next episode by dialing 310-439-8754 and leaving a message. Voting ends Thursday, the 17th of January, 2008 at 10 a.m. Okay, that's it. Let's move on with today's episode. We're here with Jay Kogan, who is from a bit of a writing dynasty, if you will. Uh, Two generations make a dynasty? All right. Uh, it's the start of one. <laughs> that's true. I mean, okay. every dynasty sure. has to start with somebody. I guess that's true. So, a long um, line of bars. So say a little bit about that, actually. I mean, talk, talk. Uh, My father is a comedy writer and started writing when in, in New York for stand-up comedians, for Catskill comedians. Mm-hmm. He actually started working uh, on uh, the, the... He wrote some candid cameras for, that's uh, correct. for his father. There and, uh, we'll say in a moment why scripted? that's significant. Pardon me? That was scripted? Can a camera? What the, the ideas the of idea. what the what the oh, joke was going to okay. be were, right. were, uh, were were written by writers and then uh, bought by by his father. That's Sometimes. Right. Yes. Uh, I actually just found out the other day that Larry David worked there for a day. <laughs> Is that right? Yes. I and, did not. And that he would he be, seemed... that's about par for the course for everyone yeah. except your dad and Saul Turtle. Duck, so. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so so my dad started writing. He wrote for, on Tonight Show. We're in front of the Tonight Show studios in New York. Uh, and then uh, came out to California to write on the Dean Martin show in the late 60s oh, wow. and decided to bring the rest of the family with them so I came mm-hmm. and I grew up uh, around TV and around movies and I really liked it and decided I wanted to become a comedian and my father said that's a terrible idea be an agent and then, uh, <laughs> that's true and I said uh, why I said that's uh, steady work man you, you don't want to do uh, you don't want to be a, a comedian so uh, but I tried and I, and I and I was an actor for a little while but then eventually I went into uh, writing and got some success as a writer and uh, I think my dad's okay with it now. Yes. It's okay with it now. Yes. But just barely. Well, clearly writing is a lower stress profession than acting, <laughs> as, as we, as it's we a, can see here yes. today. It's, yeah. it's not low stress, but it is, uh, right. it's, it's, it's lucrative, and you get to stay in it longer, I think, than yes. acting. And you have worked very consistently ever since you started. Tell, tell us. Had a 20-year career. I started working on the Tracy Ullman show, mm-hmm. and then on The Simpsons, and then, you know, uh, through many different shows, some of which are so bad I won't name and some of which are good and the good ones are Frasier and Malcolm in the Middle and uh, did movies like uh, Austin Powers 2 and Shrek movie and I just another movie with Mike Myers and I did a movie of my own called The Wrong Guy so I did a lot of things over the last 20 years. You're a 
you're unstoppable. That's great. Oh, I can be stopped. Oh, clearly, easily. Put a pizza in front of me. Yeah, sometimes he stops himself. Exactly. Right. You've been through a couple of these, haven't you? This is my second strike as a professional writer. My third or fourth strike as a as a Writers Guild kid. You know? Okay, okay. So say a little bit about this one compared to the last one. And also, I imagine you and your father have commiserated about strikes that he went through. Uh, a little bit. He... What, 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 what's, what's interesting about this strike is the unity. There's much more unity in this strike than there was in the 1988 strike, which I was participating in. There was much more division between screenwriters and TV writers in 88. There was a lot less uh, support of the strike. This started with 90% of people supporting the strike, and I think the latest poll shows that very close to like 85% still support it, even though it's pretty brutal and a lot of people are, are financially hurting and mm-hmm. nobody likes being out of work. So they still support the cause, yes. and we still believe in what the strike's about, which is eventually keeping a middle class of writers, of creative people, alive when this medium shifts from TV to perhaps the internet. Yes. Obviously, that's the biggest misconception. We've talked about that with a few people, is everybody thinks that you guys just all can afford to do this, and it's no skin off your back to come out here and hang out for days and days. It's a huge misconception. A lot of people are are, uh, risking their houses. Their houses are uh, going up for sale. I have a friend of mine who's selling his house because he, he, and he is a guy who was writing two pilots in a movie, but he's no longer getting paid for the two pilots. Now, is your mother handling the selling of the house? Uh, no, she is not. Okay. She's not. So okay. it doesn't. Uh, I mean, we wouldn't want you guys one, to completely hurt from uh, this. No, I, the real estate market's not such a good business either these days. No, but, no, no. But uh, Jay's, Jay's, Jay's dear mother is a uh, realtor and okay. a lovely yes. lady. Yes, but she's not. Uh, this, yes, I, I could say gleefully, my mother's handling all the foreclosures, but it's not true. So you know that. So it's a tough thing, and most writers aren't can't weather the storm. And the ones who are really very very successful are also losing hundreds of thousands of dollars every month anyway. So it hurts everybody at a yeah. different level. It's never good to lose money, especially uh, if you have it. <laughs> it is never good to lose money. I right, would say. Right, I, right. I think we can agree on that. Now, um, what is it about the strike that if there's anything that you want people to know that they you think they don't? Like, what's the biggest misconception? The biggest misconception about the strike is that... Uh, we are being unreasonable and we're being militant and crazy. Okay. That's the biggest misconception. That we're not, uh, that we walked away from any table or any negotiation. It never happened. Set us straight. We have been, the Writers Guild have been negotiating and ready to negotiate for months and months, way before the strike happened. We were waiting for the AMPTP. They didn't want to negotiate. They have lied to us on many occasions, said, we will agree to this if you just take DVDs off the table. We took DVDs off the table and they said, we're not agreeing to any anything. Mm-hmm. Then they said, we're having another proposal. If you just only take these things off the table. We took them off the table and they said, well, we lied. We don't want to do that. We just wanted you to take those other things off the table. And now they, they made it, last time they walked away is they wanted six more things to take them off the table. Some of which could go. But we're not taking anything else off the table until they actually make us a deal. Or come close to making us a deal and saying, this is what we're thinking. And then we can all settle something. But they, they, they walked away and they weren't ready to hear our counteroffer. And so it's the producers. It's Sony. It's, it's Viacom. It's GE. It's Disney. Disney, and they're all have been gleefully, uh, it seems, watching us strike and happy about shutting the town down. Mm-hmm. And all the people that are suffering are suffering at the hands of them, not at the hands of us. We want to make a deal. We're ready to. We've been trying to for months and months. Yeah, everybody says go back to work. It's not like you guys don't want to. There's no deal on the table to go back to work. They've right. never given us an offer to let us go back to work once. Right, right. Nothing. Is any of this, I'm sure it is, but is any of this giving you any kind of uh, material? 
material, so to speak? I mean, I know you're in the midst of a couple of different... Uh, I don't know. Maybe somewhere in the, my subconscious it will come out somewhere. I wrote a, a pretty big... Uh, I wrote some Simpson episodes that featured unions and striking and Homer going on strike. So I've already gotten some of that out of my system. But, uh, you know, no. I take this much more personally than which, it's uh, which, which seasons were those so that people can go back and I get think, in the striking spirit I think by renting season four, you know, there's a uh, last exit to Springfield was the strike oh, episode yeah, 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 okay. that I, I wrote. That and, uh, and there was a whole strike song and yeah. Homer was leading a strike. Yeah. So, so uh, uh, I used my 88 experience to write that. Okay. Uh, but, but, you know, it's, it's, uh, this is much more personal than, you know, something creative and, oh, we're going to write about it. This sure. is an everyday struggle. I am a strike captain. I have 60 people that come down here. I, I strike every day. This is our supposed day off. Okay, now you're the first strike captain we've talked to. No, so. that's okay. not true. I've talked oh, to several, oh. yeah. Well, he's the first strike captain I've talked to. Okay. So, so you. No. I don't know from strike captains. I would not have known if he hadn't said so, no. other than his general authority right. about that. He My ordering you about here yes, in hither and yon. Right, exactly. <laughs> okay. Exactly. So, well, say a bit about that. I mean, what is that... It just means that, you know, I volunteered to just help organize people and get them out here. That's all that Strike Captain does. It doesn't mean that I don't have any authority over anybody. It's just I'm an information source. Oh, okay. So, that, and, I'm, and my job to encourage and get as many people as I can out on the lines as, as often as I can. I have meetings at my house for people who are scared and disgruntled. And if somebody has an issue, the, if, they, if I can help and, and sort them through the guild and get them to the strike fund or get them to whatever they need, then, then I do that too. So, it's, it's a day-to-day issue and people are really upset and really scared and it's very hard yeah. but they're resolved they're gonna they're gonna stick it out do you feel like it's going forward i mean because what you described earlier it sounds like things are heating up considerably which they are yeah but do you feel like it's also getting anywhere or do, or do you i don't know i mean we'll see that the dga makes a deal which it sounds like they might be making a deal right now then that's good news for us maybe if they make a good deal right. if they make a bad deal we have to sort of you know gird our loins as they say and, right. and go out and, and and stick with this striking and 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 keep keep marching until uh, we get what we want we have to have the resolve to say uh and what we want by the way isn't to win what we want is a fair deal oh, exactly that will be less than what we're hoping for but more than they want to give right. that's all we're asking for now you're a very well connected guy do you know other mob wise well that <laughs> yes. as well yes okay. exactly yeah. which is one reason of being particularly nice right. to you but i mean you know a lot of people so uh-huh. you know other people on others on the other side i mean you, I know a few, know you know, but I don't know the, the people that count. I, I'm not pals with Peter Chernin and Bob Iger, right. and uh, and I'm not I'm not pals with uh, uh, the you know Howard Stringer. So right. they don't get on the phone with me and say what's going on. But I, I'm told the people who are pals with them say we don't know what the problem is, okay. uh, and then they pretend like there's some crazy wall up that prevents them from coming to the table and negotiating with us. Right. So really, what's at stake is. They have a, a price point that they want us to meet. They, they think the Internet is going to be very valuable, mm-hmm. and they want to squeeze the deal down for us and for SAG and for DGA to be as low as possible so they can reap as much of the profits from the Internet as possible when it comes to fruition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's as simple as that. It's not about ego. It's not about anger. It's about money. Well, it sounds like it might be about a little of those things on the other side. I mean, if we want to, uh, maybe you know, I think right. they want us to think that they want because us that's a much more intractable place to be. Yes. If they say, "Oh, it's about anger and and, and and ego," then it is about money. That puts more fear in the hearts of these people. How are we ever going to get, uh, you know, uh, uh, Rupert Murdoch to see our way? He hates us. You know, yeah. it's like, no, it's about money. So it's about if we can prevent, if he we can, you. He does hate me. Rupert does hate me, and rightfully so. <laughs> um, 
I took the, I took the At side of the point, first wife be. in the divorce. So, <laughs> uh, but but no. So so we'll see how this goes. But I think that, that this is a this is a winnable situation because we're putting a dent in their profits by stopping work. We're stopping the Golden Globes. We're going to stop the Academy Awards if it comes to that. And we're stopping movies. We're stopping productions. You know, we we're costing them lots of money, much more money than they would have to pay us in a three-year deal. Sure. And and you know, it's only 120 million dollars over three years, which is like basically a five percent cost of living increase for the riders. That's all we've been asking for. What they've what they've said is spent about five hundred million dollars fighting that. Mm-hmm. So they must think that the percentage of the internet must be worth all that money. Yeah. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense. I don't care what kind of ego they have. They're businessmen. There's CEOs of corporations that answer to stockholders. So yes. eventually, they have to come around to uh, that way of thinking. Right. Getting back to what you were saying, I think uh, when the day comes that Rupert Murdoch can actually purchase you, then he'll start liking you. He actually did purchase all the air in Burbank. Did so he? we are breathing his air. We actually owe him money every oh, time wow. we breathe. Okay. So and and uh, I'm <laughs> I'm not sure, but I'm I'm pretty sure that Sony bought Sunlight. <laughs> yes. Yeah. My goodness. Yes. It kind of sounds like Sony yeah. from certain Yeah. Well, I think they'll use it later on. Now, we talked about how many strikes you've been through. Your dad, he's been through a couple more besides Yes, you, a few I? more, a few more. I yeah. mean, uh, and he's he's very positive about this strike, and maybe because he's retired, so there's not right. very little at stake for him, but he's now, very... He likes the attitude of the strike. I, I have to throw this in because I myself am so impressed by it. Your father writes for Mad Magazine. He does indeed, yes. Oh, wow. And, uh, I mean, my God, that's to me... Yes, they're not on strike, by the way. No. They're, no. they're working very hard at Mad Magazine every day. Okay, okay. And uh, um, I'm trying to tie that in somehow, okay. and All I'm right. just too too impressed to, yes. to say anything okay. further about it. No, but I mean, your, your dad must have had things to say about other strikes that he... You know, he, he's, not a, he's not a heavy labor kind of guy. He's much more of a guy who walks in the room with whipped cream on his face. Got so it. it's, uh, we, don't, it. we don't have too many serious talks. But he, he believes in what we're fighting for to the most part. You know, he's a little bit far right than I am. Right. I'm, a, uh, I'm a lefty, and he's a bit of a Republican. So we're our own little sitcom at home. Oh, no, that's a scoop. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, so, Interesting. Uh, so uh, you know, I'm not sure. He doesn't necessarily favor every labor action you could possibly imagine. Right. But I think he's in favor of this one. Right, I see. Yeah. I see. So, so dinner around the Kogan table is a lot like an episode of All in the Family. A little bit, a little bit. Yeah. No, I, I, my father eats slower than Archie does, but otherwise, it's about the same. <laughs> okay. Now, you again, you're such a connected guy that this may be uh, a mood point for you. But you know, since you do primarily comedy, I don't know how many. I mean, you must be meeting a lot of different kinds of writers than you're used to we are. interacting yes. with. So, no, say a bit about that. I it's mean, great. It's actually been, you know. The, the, the upside about this is you get to meet other writers and this it's quite a social scene and I've gotten to see people who are some of whom I haven't seen for 20 years and worked with my whole career and it's it's nice to see old friends it's also nice to see some of your heroes on the line it's also right. nice yeah. to, uh, to, to to meet people that you've never met before and go oh you wrote that movie I love that I met the guy who wrote Heathers the other day it was, uh, oh, like, really? I loved the movie Heathers oh, like, wow. you wrote a great movie oh, you know goodness. it's like uh, that, that's a pleasure and, and uh, there's great camaraderie and, uh, and uh, among the writers who are here picketing and I'm, I'm sure that there's a lot of writers who stay at home that might not be so uh, cordial right. because they're pretty angry but uh, you know, yeah, who knows I think we know a couple yeah. <laughs> so it, it, it happens <laughs> right. so, but, but we'll see what, uh, what you know how, how all this goes I, I think it's great I would much rather be working than chatting on the line of course but of it's, course. it's nice as long as uh, we're all 
you know, resolved and, and working together, that's a nice feeling. Now, you at this point, obviously, I mean, any writing you do is pretty much attached to something. I mean, and I know that the rule is basically pencils down. Right. But, I mean, is there anything that you're kind of... Like does, a spec does it, thing? Does it, well, no, not even that. I mean, does this free you up to do a different kind of creating than you might be used to? Uh, well, not really. I mean, it's it's the same old thing. It's actually, the, the, the uh, fear of the strike has actually prevented me from, like, writing my dream spec script or novel. I, I don't go home excited to write. I go home tired from walking for all day long in circles, right. and then I go write memos to my team to try and get them to walk some more. Right. Uh, it's, it's And actually, I just remembered your wife is a writer, too. Isn't she it? is a writer. So, so what's that like, having two in the house? Uh, it's fine. You know, yeah. I, I, my, my son came and picketed and my wife oh, has been picketing a little bit, so we've all we've all uh, we've all done our share, and it's it's fine, you know. Mm-hmm. There's there's worry, we have financial worry yep. in the house, and uh, with my wife, worries about everything. Well, but you, know? you guys are very adaptable, though. One of the uh, this is a bit of a non sequitur, but one story that your mother told me once about your father uh, taking a story editor position after having been a writer for mm-hmm. quite some time, when a lot of his peers were refusing to do right. that, and he ended up staying in the business, and a lot of them didn't. Yeah. I mean, you know, that shows that you guys. Guys always know how to roll. Well, with yeah, kind you of see, uh, you know, I, we, we've always said, my, everybody in my family said, we don't care what the credit is. Right. Well, I'll, you know, for one dollar more, you can call me anything you want. I just wanted to know what the paycheck is and if it's a good show. Right. You right. know. That's good to know. I've got a dollar. <laughs> so, uh, That's it. So I don't care. You can call me Mr. Funny Pants. I don't need a special <laughs> producer credit or anything. I don't care. I just want to get to write. What do you think was uh, the more important invention, the internet or the printing press? Wow, the printing press. For sure. Printing press. Yeah. Same say more about that. Well, it, 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 it started an avalanche of knowledge and, uh, and, and exchange of ideas that couldn't possibly have existed otherwise, you know, in, in you know, four centuries ago, five centuries ago. Right. And uh, so the internet, while it speeded up the communication level we had, mm-hmm. we still had the telephone and we still had, you know, fax machines and we still had a lot of electronic equipment and communications that, that were pretty good and people were, and, and books. And, right. and and so the internet speeds things up. I don't think that it's changed things. It's sped it all up and made it slightly more accessible, but it hasn't really changed the world. I think the, the printing press changed the world. It let the mass of uneducated people suddenly become educated. Right. Let ideas out of the bag for everyone to see. And I don't know of any uh, printing press feuds like the ones that you and I... <laughs> I bet there were. There probably I were. I bet there were. Right, I right, bet there were right. people fighting about printing press yes, exactly. uh, many years ago. All right, so now I'm going to contextualize a little bit. You talked about your father uh, writing for my dad, and right. now I'll explain to people listening with it. My father was uh, Alan Funt, the creator and host of Candid Camera, and Jay's father, Arnie, uh, was a writer for the show for a period of time. And he wrote a piece that I thought was incredibly funny, which was uh, where you have... Uh, somebody go into a high school and pretend not pretend they give kids a uh, vocation test mm-hmm. and tell them that they're uh, that they should be all these funny things like uh, you should be a shepherd when right. you grow up or you should be a, uh, and it just so happened that um, that one of the kids was a then teenage then non-professional and then unknown Richard Lewis it just so happened that he was one of the kids this is true so Obviously, it begs the question: uh, Did did your dad ever uh, try that same test on you before? Uh, he never doing that? pulled that on me. Although I always wondered why he had a giant shepherd's cane in his office. Okay, and he did. Okay, actually. For many years, okay, he loved uh, shepherd jokes. He still does. Your dad just knew to, uh, you know, 
get right out on the open whatever right. uh, aspiration you had and just mm-hmm. shoot it down and say it was stupid. Right. He had so. a uh, he actually put an ad in the one ads the New York Times in 1960 something. That uh, and again this is a practical joke he just did for his own amusement, yes. which is Shepherd wanted must not cry wolf. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like really and he showed me the ad. I was like I couldn't believe. It. So. He oh, likes shepherd jokes. Did he get any answers to it? I don't think he did. No, I think I think the big joke about it was when he placed the ad. The people at the New York Times said, "What? What is this?" And he, oh. and he just said, "It's it's shepherd terminology. The shepherds know what we must not cry wolf means." Oh my god! Yeah. All right. Well, Jay, this is uh, another chapter in your generosity in my type. life. Thank you very much. So uh, thank you. Thank you. And good to thank see you. you. Good Sorry, see it's you. under these circumstances. Sure. Uh, talk, talk to me on Facebook. I think we're friends on Facebook. I think we. Yes. Yes. Okay. If we can't be friends in life, it's we, we good. We can to be, be friends in we life. We can't be friends. And, yes, of course we. All right. You have been listening to the Writer Strike Chronicles podcast. For more information, visit our blog at wgastrike2007.blogspot.com.